We made the playoffs! <laughs> Everything was just falling into place. Bunky Azil cuts inside. With this Juan Malone, he's oh. got Steven Dos Santos from James, and it's Mertz! Yes! yes. Oh, brilliant! I brought mine too. <laughs> Dueling victory beverages. Kevin's just over here like no one no one told me this was an option. Why why was I involved in this decision? Yeah, it's okay, guys. Um Cheers, uh, I don't Josh. Feel left out. Cheers to you. <laughs> Apologies for uh probably destroying some eardrums on that one. I didn't think I was yelling as loud as I was that close to the mic. <laughs> Whew. Man, I'm still feeling good after that win. Josh, um, you were at the game, man. Talk us through that. What was it like to actually be at a game this year? Surreal. It, it felt like it didn't feel like a game. Like it, it. Okay, so for people who don't know, like uh, season ticket holders, I think it's 125 uh, every game are being let in. Uh, there's no food. There's no beverages. There's like very pretty much you don't interact with other people you, could you, you bring your own food or beverage or no yes yeah okay. we did we just brought a bag full of like chips and pretzels and uh gatorade and that kind of stuff um no alcoholic beverages they do specify that but anyway so you you walk in and they do a temperature check and they like pretty much just escort you to where you're allowed to sit and so everything's like sectioned off into like little areas so Liz and I were in the supporter section. Um, so we're like right behind goal, kind of like close to our normal spots anyway. So that was kind of cool. But like, even though there was a lot of other still army members there, this game, uh, season ticket holders, it's like, we're all so far apart where you can't really do much. Like you can kind of start a chant here and there, but it's like, eh, it feels weird. And there's only like seven of you anyway. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a little bit awkward in that situation, but like, Heck of a game, heck of a game that be, you know, witness to that one. That that was a lot of fun. Wish more of the goals would happen on our side of the field, but, you know. <laughs> I said, I think it it felt like, if it's any consolation, when James got his second goal, he was staring right at you. He was yeah. like, just eyes locked, not breaking it at all, even when Mertz <laughs> picked him up. It's locked on you guys, man. Yeah, so Hounds crushed Hartford 5 nothing. Josh, you were there. Give us a give us a takeaway from the stands, which you know is a rarity in this day of age. It was like even with the smaller crowd, uh, and like just watching the grandstand, because um, obviously there's more people in the grandstand, it's just a bigger area. Uh, yeah, it was just you could tell people were just having a blast. It was so much fun. Uh, it's a little bit weird when they play the music for the goal celebration, the Chelsea Dagger stuff, and you're like. There's, there's like no one here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we would still do the yes chant like we always do after a goal. And it, it and it was funny because a lot of us were spread out in the regular stands as well as the sports section. So like people are chanting over there, like yelling stuff. And it was it was just a lot of fun. It, it's it's so nice to see the, the team doing as well as they're doing, especially against a team that, you know, is the only other team in our, our group that is really – supposed to be our competition yeah yeah and uh steve it sounds like was in section 101 so he was over in the grandstand as well and i'm sure he was 
yelling like a madman as well. Kev, give us a give us a takeaway here. What'd you see? What'd you think? Feels all the feels. I I mean it's it's becoming slightly difficult to like keep talking about the brilliance of this team. It's fun to do it, but a lot I feel like a lot of the a lot of my points now are going to be re- repetitions of what we said in previous weeks. I think the biggest the biggest thing I noticed in this game and I think this is mainly to do with we've pl- we've now played, you know, Hartford multiple times. This wasn't the first time we played Hartford in previous games. You know, we've played all, all of these teams for the second time now around. I I I'm starting to get the sense Tell me if you bo- both of you don't think this is the case. I'm starting to get the sense teams are showing up already mentally beaten. I, I th- like I, there's more and more kind of small examples that I'm picking up throughout the game where um, they, yeah, Har- I think Hartford came into this game knowing that I, I don't think they believed that they had a chance to win. Um, that's probably that's that's harsh, and I'm sure Hartford fans and Hartford players would disagree with me with that, but. There were so I mean, we were so dominant in this game. They don't get a shot. They don't get a legitimate shot off. Not even yeah, not no a sh- sh- not a shot on target. A shot. Um, and you know, there there was one moment particularly in the end. I think we were already five 0 up at this point, um, where it was they were in possession, pa- passing around the back line. It was a simple pass up to the fullback, and the center back literally just like slowly passed it out of like out of play. <laughs> and and it like under no pressure under no and it, like he the, you know the center back just put his like head head in his hands like these are these are professional good players and that's extremely uncharacteristic um and it, it was it was just it was such a clear dominating performance I, I remember thinking I didn't watch the game live so I knew the score when I watched it all back um I remember, and and part of it, I was I was while I was cooking, and uh, I was like, okay, five nil up, and I was listening for a while, listening for a while. I was like, all right, there has to be like five minutes left. I looked up, and there's like thirty minutes left. I was like, Holy <laughs> crap. And so, yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible performance. Uh, I'll talk about individual standouts um, later in the podcast, but yeah, I, I, our most dominating performance of the year, I think, we're we're hitting all the highs at the right time. This is. I, th- for me, this is the best Overhounds team that we've ever had the pleasure of, of talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I think a perfect example of that, uh, them coming in already defeated, might have been that that second goal, Mensa's uh, goal, where it literally, you know, the defense runs right into the keeper and they just kind of like look at each other like, get out of my way, and then the ball just kind of like trails behind them and Mensa picks it up and just gets the goal and <laughs> the keeper and the defender just like look at each other like uh <laughs> how early is it 26 minutes in okay yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I we tweeted out uh i guess it was yesterday morning uh, when i woke up on sunday morning it 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 reminded me of the first time that the penguins had won the stanley cup in like the modern like the sydney crosby era where i woke up the following morning feeling like substantially in a better mood and like happy and like, yeah, just because again, this was a team that I think we all expected to beat, but the fashion in which we beat them and sort of the message that it sends to the rest of the league. Look, we're the only team to have locked up a playoff spot thus far. Uh, No team has scored more goals than us and no team has let in as few goals as us. Granted, 
both us and Hartford are in the top five for goals scored across the entire league. And I think a lot of that has to do with the other three teams that are in our group. But regardless, we keep saying you got to play the teams that you got to play. And we're playing the teams that we got to play, guys. And we're looking pretty friggin' good doing it. So, yeah. Um, one, of, one of my takeaways here was uh, I know there was a lot of, uh, I don't say doubt, but there were a lot of questions when Kenny went down a few weeks ago. Um, I think there's a new question now, okay? Because we started this game with Griffin, Mertz, and Velarde all in midfield and Ryan James sitting behind them. And early on, if you watched, you had Mertz and Griffin and Velarde. None of them were really playing sort of a fixed position. When we were in possession, yeah. When we were in possession. So you'd have one go high, and then they'd cycle back. And then the next one would go high, and then they'd cycle back. And for teams to try to defend against that, it's really, really hard. And uh, Justin pointed out in Slack when we were talking about it that he he's wondering if, you know, James, which we'll get to James in a minute because we got to talk about James, but James's speed, I think, in a lot of ways frees those guys up to have a little bit more confidence to push forward because they're not worried about coverage as much. And that's not knocking Kenny at all. Kenny brings a completely different dynamic to this team. But having those three cycling at the top is just so exciting. And I think it opens so many doors that it's just like, oh my gosh, like we're, we're sort of, you know, we have sort of a gluttony of riches here right now. And, uh, and, and watching those guys play, it was just, it was awesome to see. I think it's a credit to those three young players as well, because I think it's, it's one thing to, to have a system that allows your midfielders. And let's be honest. I mean, I made the point of saying when we were in possession, they cycled Mm -hmm. because from my eyes out of possession, yeah, it was a it was like a five three two with Velarde right alongside Mensa to, to press. Um, to to have those three players cycle when we're in possession, it's easy to get lost and and think you almost have complete freedom. I can go wherever I want. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna find the spaces when I want. And it's not that at all. It's this. It's a very controlled. When he moves here, I have to move here. I have to fill in the space here. It's it's a hard thing to do. This isn't this isn't Lily saying you know to to Mertz, Griffin, and Velarde, hey, go play however you want when we're in possession. That's not it at all. Um, and so it's it's a it's a difficult thing to do. And they all have legs, and they're all you know working really hard throughout the entire game. If you look, you know when we have when we're in possession, it's not guys shuffling five yards to the right five yards to the left and just passing the ball around yeah it's a lot of movement it's a, it's a tough thing to do and they're executing it perfectly i mean all, all three of them every single one of the players is having an incredible season right now but the, those three in particular for the age and their inexperience um is yeah their particular stands out standouts at this point in the season yeah yeah and i i made the point on uh, on twitter you know i don't know how you could make the argument against Ryan James to make USL all team of the year um, after he was team of, or he was player of the week at left back. And then the past two weeks we have him play at holding mid. He gets two goals in this game, but Kev to your point, like I, I make that comment about James, but you could also make the argument that James wasn't even our best player on the field on Saturday night. So it's kind of like, 
what holy cow man like i constantly think about that um i i i <laughs> it's really weird because i i think the commentators like rightfully give ryan james man of the match in in the two games against hartford where he scored both goals and you know and i think we rightfully talk about him but in these games i'm watching them i i do question myself and i, I think was he the best player on the field? And I instantly think, I was like, do I subconsciously hate Ryan James for some reason? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not true, obviously. I think, yeah, he is incredible. Um, a particular shout out to, to Mertz. I mean, I think, I, before I forget, I wanted to, like, the, the goal that eventually led to Velarde's penalty conversion um, in the buildup, uh, Mertz, there, it's like a 60-yard ball to Mertz. And with a single touch, he kills it and lays it perfectly into the path of Mensa. And Mensa runs onto it, crosses it to Velarde, and Velarde gets taken down. That, like, that touch, it's not, it's not on the highlight reel, at least I don't think it is. Um, you know, it's not going to be particularly pointed out because it's like the pass before the pass before the pass or whatever. And, um, yeah, he's, he's just running. And, of course, his assist for Mensa's last goal is great vision, great way to pass. Um, but I, I, it has to be said, yeah, I mean, Ryan James, like what a player <laughs> to get two goals playing in a defensive mid position and just having the leadership and work ethic and, and organization. Yeah, he's complete top of form right now and, and, and just running every game. Let me ask you something real quick, um, and then we can move off of sort of the three midfielders. But something that you just said sort of struck me. In addition to, you know, it being exciting watching Griffin, Velarde, Mertz playing together, you get the sense that it's almost like Mensa is having as much fun as they are playing mm -hmm. this way. And part of me wonders if when you have those three in there, right, there's almost or what it appears to be, there's almost more of a tendency to keep the ball on the ground and let them play it rather than play these long balls in and have the forward basically trying to trap the ball and hold up play for somebody else, which is like, you know, Dos Santos is like bread and butter. Without Duba in there and you have these three midfielders running underneath you with the ball on the ground most of the time, I'm wondering if that doesn't mean more opportunity and chances for Mensa who, you know, I have on here is positional awareness. First of all, his first goal, he didn't even look. He picked up the ball and just and just hit it where it needed to go and didn't even watch it go in. He's like a bowler that just rolled a strike and just walked away. <laughs> um, and then his second goal, again, it's just this cheeky little chip. He knew exactly where the kid, but regardless, I'm wondering if having those three doing what they're doing actually plays to Mensa's favor more than the previous system that we've been playing up to this point where you have a long balls over the top, Mensa's job is to knock them down and sort of hold up play and then make a run. Um, just something to keep an eye out for. And, and I don't know, think about, do you, do you think that type of play would work against a team like Indy and Louise? Like I, I, it works against Hartford and it works against, you know, the, these other people in our group, but does that work against a better team? 
That, my friend, is the million-dollar question that we are going to be asking every game from now yeah. until the playoffs. <laughs> are we good or are they just exactly. bad? Exactly. That's the theme of the rest of the season. That's that's like the little, you know, when the Penguins win the cup, you're like, okay, we beat all the teams. We're the best team. I wake up feeling great, but there's that little piece of me like, yeah, but. I, I think the only thing that is different between this season and the last season is the core group of players. Okay, so uh, let me think from from back to front. You know, Funky Zeal, Dover, Ryan James, you know, Kenny when he's around, uh, Mertz, Filarde, Dos Santos, all of them went through this last season. Um, and all of them will remember, Lily included, you know, after we won 7-0 against Birmingham in the first round of the playoffs, we go out in the next round against Louisville. And so I think the message can, will still be clear. And we have evidence of, of just last season of, you know, you can't, you can't get too high on yourself knowing that good teams like Louisville and Indy aren't, I don't know, historically, they're not going to show up and be already beaten mentally. Like, like Hartford might've been in this game. Um, so I, I think that, that's still fresh in the memory, and that, that makes me hopeful. The, the one the one thing about the the Mertz Griffin Velarde thing, I don't like the only like we haven't like they've generally played all season, so I don't know what the difference is. I think you're right. I think when Dos Santos plays, there is a, a tendency, and I, you know what? I think it's it might be more game situational. Maybe when we're away or when we're playing a different kind of team, we're forced into playing more long balls. It's kind of like Josh's point where he was saying, you know, did we do this essentially just because it was Hartford and they allowed us to do it? I think, I think there was a little bit in that because the argument, like who else has played in midfield this year? Like Kenny, but like, yeah, he is, he's the most technically gifted player on our team. Well, so. yeah, but, but okay. So think about it this way. Velarde technically lined up, up top next to Mensa, right? And then your midfield was Griffin and Mertz with, James as your holding mid. Typically, you have Kenny as your holding mid, and you have Dos Santos up top with Mensa. So you don't really have Velarde and Griffin and Mertz on the field at the same time rotating into that attacking position. Typically, if you have Kenny in and you have James out wide and you have Dover out wide, we have more of a tendency to play more wide and i don't want to say we didn't play wide in this game but it feels like kenny's job is more spraying the ball around and opening the field more than it is like playing the ball to people's feet and letting them do their thing and be a bit fancy pants with it so and i totally regret saying fancy pants right now <laughs> it, it is a good point that you make i mean like as good as dover has been i mean i i, he's, I think he's been outstanding he had a for his standards he had a quiet game against hartford and and i think that that might point to yeah maybe we didn't focus on getting the ball wide um as much as we as we usually do i mean not as quiet as the game as Vidiello, but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> guy had nothing to do nothing <sighs> Reminded of like uh, in Little League, with the kid in the outfield, he's like just making dirt castles with dirt, <laughs> dirt mounds with his feet, like waiting for something to happen. That was pretty much him all game. The, the commentators brought up a good point. By the way, quick shout out to what Gary Bailey, 
Uh, I thought he was great. He was a great co-com. Uh, I had no idea like what his history was, and what, anyway, he was fun to listen to. But he, he made the he made the point of like, can you imagine now if he could strap for the next game? He'd be like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> like, I literally count. didn't play. Like, why are you switching me out? Yeah, that's uh, funny. Yeah. Ugh. I think uh, I can't remember who said it on our Discord, but someone said like the hardest uh, pass he had, or the hardest time he had was like a back pass from one of our players, <laughs> like a header back pass. He's like, "Oh, I gotta get that." Speaking of, one of the things that I noted during the game that I was really encouraged by as well was there were a number of times that our our central defenders who aren't Tommy V, so Skyler Lindstrom, Bunk Anderson, um, they would get the ball almost like basically facing the keeper and you know, you had Hartford that wasn't really pressing, but they were kind of trying to put some pressure on. And in those situations, most of the time you just think, okay, we'll just pass it back to Vidiello and he'll sort of distribute from there. And the number of times that they lifted their head up and sort of split the forwards and found Tommy V just hanging out like the level of confidence that these guys are feeling right now and almost a level of swagger. And honestly, I mean, Look, we keep saying that, like, we don't really talk about Tommy V, but, like, dude is a beast. And, like, if you don't have somebody like that that can take charge, and the number of times he picks up the ball and runs straight at the other team to draw players to him, like, it's just from top to bottom, man, this team is just feeling it right now. And, again, like, I say that with that little, like, is it because the teams we're playing aren't any good? But, like, it doesn't matter. It's still fun to watch right now, and it's awesome. And hopefully we don't forget this or forget this feeling, you know, as we head down the stretch here and and, and head into the playoffs and sort of see what comes of it there. Yeah, it's so. nice a nice change of pace. Like if this was the norm every single season in and out and like, you know, it, okay. I can understand being like, yeah, but I wish we were playing better opponents, but you know what? This one season, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> it is a dang shame that this happens during coronavirus season and we can't pack high mark. And, you know, we've already talked about how like, wouldn't it be a dang shame if this was the year the hounds won it all? Yes, it would, but there's a lot of dang shames. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take this feeling for what it is right now and just sort of. Enjoy I reverse myself on that. I've completely 180 on that. Like I I feel like it would be really great if this was the year that they did it because you know what I need a good pick me up and this would be it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of a bright moment in this crappy year. Yeah. Hounds win the whole thing. That would be a huge bright moment. You know what I think we need to do if the Hounds win the whole thing. Even if the Hounds like win the East, I think we should do this in some way. What, why are you doing this? No, no, no. Hold on. No, no, no. What, I'm, <laughs> I what I was going to say fault. is, <laughs> what I was going to say is, we should organize a parade for the team. In that, like, you see those like car parades where like everybody can just drive up and the Hounds can like be at Highmark and everybody drives and like waves and like you play music uh, and everyone gets crazy and like. Yeah, the guys have to be standing outside the whole time, but so what? Like, it'd be fun. You get to see the players. We'll see. I'm plating that seed. Toffee, right. if you're listening, make it happen. You could charge people to get in. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> one other Quick, thing. Quickly going back to Von Gizil, uh, <laughs> I do want to just say, you know, I, I I think you're you're absolutely right to point him out. I think he may, may be alongside Ryan James right now. Um is our most important player. 
Um, I, I think there's a reason why I think he still has the most minutes played this season. He's, he's played every minute this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he, he is the defense. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to um, take too much credit away from Skylar Thomas or, or Lindstrom or Bunk Anderson, but I, I still generally have the feeling that those positions are the easiest to play in the, in this system. And it, it has in large part to do with, with the organization and the leadership that you have Vonky Zale right next to you. Um, yeah, he's, he's absolutely incredible to have, to have the complete blind trust of Bob Lilly says a lot. Like I don't, I don't and, and, and this might be some, it, it might be a selective hearing bias or whatever. Um, but I, I can't recall a situation where I hear Lilly on the screen yelling at, at Vonky Zale. Maybe that's because his name's really hard to shout, but um, <laughs> he just but, said Tommy. He, he yeah, that's true. Um, but no, he's he's absolutely critical to to our team, and he's having another good season. Yeah. Speaking of Lily, if you know, if you want a sense of like, are we over exaggerating here? Uh, multiple people commented. Our our uh, our friend Kim Dabo um, pointed out on Twitter that. She actually saw Lily smiling on the sideline during the game. When James came off, I like half jokingly, half seriously. I was like, is Lily going to kiss him? Like he put his arm <laughs> around him, had this huge grin on his face. Like Lily's pretty happy with what he's seeing as well, which that is a really high benchmark Kev, to your point. Like, yeah, he's still going to yell, but like if he's having a good time, <laughs> look out guys yeah the yeah. meme of lily smiling during that game was all around the twitter and also uh discord it's just like lily's smiling a lot guys this, is weird. <laughs> <laughs> this, this seems really weird <laughs> yeah for sure Ugh. another yeah. another shout out to mensa too i mean I, another really good game um you know, so it's fun to watch. So much yeah, fun to watch. Yeah. Like his goals and just his energy on that field is just spectacular. Yeah, I, his his energy. Yeah, his his like, I yeah like, I don't know. I, we've talked about this in the past, potentially being an issue. I want to even say last season, or especially at the beginning of last season, where it felt like I, I'm I'm reading into this a lot, but it felt like the players didn't like like each other i'm sure they liked each other but they didn't express that on the pitch now more and more this season look it's easy to do that when you you know haven't conceded a goal in 400 minutes and have scored <laughs> you know scored as much as we have um but they all genuinely like you know are excited for each other when they score and and like you know yeah our arms around the shoulder kind of thing and and that's i think mensa yeah it slots right in with that so seamlessly and um it, yeah, he's he's having. I'm I'm really happy he's starting to get the goals that his performances deserve. Kev, you mentioned we haven't given up a goal, given up a goal in like 400 minutes. Do we give up a goal the rest of the season? Yes. Kev, I mean, <laughs> our opponents are Loudon, Hartford, and Philly too. Man, I said yes. <laughs> no, that's what genuinely. I, I'm not sure. I mean, because you know, this isn't unprecedented territory for for our teams in the past. Um, that you know, this is this doesn't feel odd, right? We're, like the fact that it took what 25, 28 minutes into the podcast for us to mention that stat, like says something. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, no, I could, I could see us not, yeah, not conceding for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's out of all your uh, outlandish bets, Mike. I think that uh, <laughs> that one might actually stick. Uh, the uh, Steel Army tweeted out, I think it was yesterday or something like that. Um, there's no one who scored more goals than the Hounds this year, and there's no one who has conceded less goals yep. than the Hounds this year. That yeah. is USL, USL, USL wide, right? Yeah. 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 So we have 36 goals and eight against, and that's like the best in the whole league. I would love to go back and actually see what uh, what the record for goal differential is in the league because we currently have twenty eight, um, which feels pretty high, and you know we're likely going to pad that in the next few games. Is that so. homework I hear? Is that homework? Did <laughs> I you you just give? Man, May- <laughs> I did not. Justin just or, or Josh just gave the uh, the homework to Justin, Justin and Steve. So don't don't come and harass me, guys. That was all Josh is doing. Um, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to Matt Polanski. We uh, we sent out some homework last week and asked people to come up with the pizza toppings for a three nothing Lily special. He proposed uh, pepperoni because I think he said it was consistent. Uh, bacon because it's awesome and jalapenos because they're spicy so that is what i made and my god that was delicious and like (laughs) like next day pizza like the juices from the jalapenos had sort of like sepped out into like the cheese and stuff and so like you're still tasting something i'm I'm doing it every week now like i just have to it was so good the jalapenos were better than the bacon in my estimate like it just really good so thank you polanski for uh for that recommendation um I, I highly suggest others try that combo as well. And Kevin, you were right. The sauce and plain cheese was a delightful pizza as well. But <laughs> it's nothing, man. It's nothing compared to fresh cut pepperoni, bacon, and jalapenos. So there I mean, you maybe, go. Maybe uh, people scoring the way they're scoring, you're going to need more toppings. Okay. <laughs> need more toppings. Right. It's true. You, maybe, maybe you can, uh, you and Matt can pitch that to uh, like the Hounds concessions or whatever. Yeah. Get the Lily special going. I like it. It's just half the slice of pizza are the toppings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit difficult, but you know, yeah. figure something out. Uh, guys, I, I feel like we could talk about this game all night, but uh, any other takeaways you want to touch on before we sort of take a, take a little glance around the rest of the league and talk a little bit about playoffs since, you know, we are officially in now. No, I feel like, I mean, it, it's really hard to come up with more to talk about when your team dominated as well as the Hounds did. It's just like, yeah, they did really good. More of that, please. It feels like a running theme this season where we'll come in and be like, well, <laughs> what can you tell when your team plays this good? And that's sort of where we're at. I, uh, yeah, I think my last point on this is, and I might have said this last week, I think we're past the point where um, like, we go off the rails. Um, I, I think it's still possible that we can have a bad game. There could be a, a lapse of concentration for two minutes. Someone gets a red card or, or something happens still absolutely possible, but I don't, I don't see like a turn in direction of, of where this team is headed. And it's not just because of the results. It's truly because of the performances. I think 
the performances are absolutely matching the results. We're playing well. We're not we're not just getting lucky. I mean, what we have we get a penalty here. We get you know at least two goals that you would argue maybe is just defensive errors by the other team. It's it's not it's not like that we're just you know and then we only had two other shots on net and we scored both of them when we just get by with a five no it's not that at all we're we're playing really 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 well um, if if anything these games we we could have more goals um, so I think that being the case I, I th- this is the new level that this team is just consistently at now um, this isn't just a, a good run of form I think this is this is what we are now and it's yeah it's great yeah and speaking of Run for him and all that. Uh, Dequa, when he came on, he, he had yeah. a couple opportunities that like, it very well could have. He could have had two goals, I think, if I remember right. One for sure was like super close. Um, and the other thing would be Hartford falling apart there at the end in the 80, 80, 81st minute or something like that. It was like yellow, yellow, yellow. It was, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so surprised we didn't see a red card. Yeah, very surprised. Agreed. Um, Josh, real quick to your point on Dequa as well. I think the other thing that is so encouraging about this team is for so many past years, we've seen a team that is one, maybe two dimensional. Like, you know, the past few seasons, it's been like, if Nico Brett doesn't score, well, like, <laughs> like we're sort of stuck. Um, but the fact that here we are talking about like Kenny's out. Oh, look, we found another way to sort of rotate and get points. And when you take Velarde out and you put Dequa in, he didn't score but that is a completely different look and a different way that you can hurt this team. And, you know, you put Duba in, that's a completely another different look. And so I think that the fact that, you know, part of the reason why Lily was smiling was so much, because it's, it's not necessarily a pick your poison kind of situation, but he can look at other teams and be like, Oh (laughs) yeah, we we've done this. We know, we know how to, we know how to solve this one. So again, we got to wait and see how we do with teams outside group F, but, uh, yeah, that's exciting. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy <laughs> it. So looking at the table a little bit, we're obviously top of Group F. We're the only team uh, in the East to have locked up a playoff spot. Um, we have 28 points and a goal differential of 28. Uh, if we win out, there are only two teams that could potentially finish higher than us across the league. That's San Antonio and Phoenix. And that's assuming that they win out as well. So if they went out and we went out, then they would beat us for the supporter shield or whatever it's called. If not, we've got a shot at being having the most points in the league this year. Um, so the way that the playoffs work, the USL released some stuff on this today. I think this was sort of known earlier on, but they're starting to plug it now that the hounds have officially made it in, but we are in group F and we'll sort of be in a little like section with group E, which is the team or which is the group that has Louisville, Indy, uh, St. Louis and um, Sporting Kansas City. The, the team that finishes first in group F will play the team that finishes second in group E. The winner of that game will then play the whoever wins in the first uh, the, for, between the first team in group E and the second team in group F. So basically, Group E and Group F will sort of battle it out first and second, and then the winner of that grouping will basically make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So our path to the Eastern Conference Finals at this point goes through, you know, likely Louisville, Indy, maybe Hartford if Harvard's able to beat one of them, or if the Red Bulls, you know, sneak up on Hartford and knock them out of the playoffs. You know, everything's still on the table at this point. 
So St. Louis is still nipping at the heels of Indy at this point. So it's not like, you know, Indy's a, a foregone conclusion. But if we can take top in our group, then it sounds like that it would at least give us a home field advantage for that first game, which means that hopefully we wouldn't be going to Indy to, uh, to, to play on the football field. I was going to say, based off of context clues, I think I can tell, but what's the what's like the current status of that group of death of Louisville and So right now, uh, Louisville is at the top with 23 points. Indy has 22 points. St. Louis has 18 points, and they've all played 12 games. So everything being equal, you know, yeah, that, that's really close. That's how it would finish right now. Now, sort of just looking ahead uh, for a split second, Indy plays Louisville uh, on Wednesday. So that's going to shake up that group pretty nice. If you're looking for something to do Wednesday night at 7, that's the game to watch. Uh, I don't don't normally watch non-Hounds USL football, but yeah, I might. But you might. Uh, Louisville has a, um, a game outside of their division against Memphis. And then they'll they'll finish up the season with St. Louis and Sporting KC, uh, so two uh, two in group games. Indy Eleven, as we mentioned, they will face Louisville on Wednesday, um, and then they play St. Louis, uh, Sporting Kansas City, and St. Louis again. So that whole thing between Indy and St. Louis is going to solve itself pretty quickly. Um, and uh, yeah, this Louisville Indy game is going to be huge on Wednesday. So definitely one to catch if you're looking for some soccer action on Wednesday night at seven. Um, oh man, that really bites for Indy because I'm looking at Indy's schedule and they play St. Louis twice coming up, and like it's all in group play. Whereas with Louis getting a chance to play Memphis, Memphis is not a good team. Yep. Uh, they're the bottom of their group right now. So that that's that's rough. If St. Louis can, you know, pull a stunner, we might get St. Louis at Highmark Stadium to start the playoffs, which would be fun. Honestly, I mean, I'd I'd love another shot at Indy. Like, sure, they beat us twice in the regular season. Like, come to Highmark and uh, and make Pasher score a wonder goal again and uh, see what happens. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's sort of how we'll we'll sort of see the playoffs shaking out. It's not too early to talk about it because regardless, the Hounds are going to finish at least one or two in the group because we are, like I said, I, I apologize. I said we're the we're the only team in the East to make the playoffs. We're the only team in the league to clinch the playoffs right now. There are two teams I think that have officially uh, not qualified for the playoffs, and that's Atlanta two and Portland two. But uh, you know, yeah, that's what you sort of expect of a two team. <clears throat> Guys. Um, Next up, when we hit the road, we face Loudon in our last road game of the season. First of all, as I was writing that, I was thinking how spectacular it is that we can actually say, like, we've made it through this entire season. Like, because legit, early on, we talked about, like, does soccer even matter? Like, we think we might play four or five weeks and this whole thing would get shut down. And, you know, kudos to everybody involved. They're still doing testing amongst the USL and players, and there are teams that – have had to skip games or, or, or reschedule games because somebody has tested positive. But uh, so far, the Hounds have stayed clean, and that's great. Um, last road game of the season, Saturday at 6.30. Um, as I mentioned, that'll just leave Hartford and Philly 2 left on our schedule. Loudon, they most recently lost to us. Then they lost to Hartford. Then they drew 1-1 with Philly 2. And they are playing Philly 2 on Wednesday of this week before facing us on Saturday. So, 
<laughs> I was going to say, how are we feeling about this game? Before I even said it, Kevin just started shaking his head. So, Kev, <laughs> how are you feeling about this game? As good as you can. I mean, like, you know, games aren't played on paper, but um, so obviously anything can happen. But yeah, everything on paper says this is this is as clear of a runway as we have, you know, had all season. Um, we're in great form. It's fair to say Loudon isn't. They, you know, Loudon has a tougher road ahead, and yeah, I, I, it's I, honestly any anything more, I'd just be filling air with like bullcrap words. Like this is that's the situation. It's pretty. It's pretty simple as that. And uh, yeah, I feel good. Josh, what is your biggest concern going into this Loudon game? Um, we have like about 30 Steel Army members who decided to take the trip to it. So I'm really concerned <laughs> about them. Too rambunctious at this game. You know, guys, be calm, be cool. Uh, don't get kicked out. Uh, no, no crazy tweets like yeah, uh, the end game. At least last until halftime. You know. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I you talk about trap games and that kind of stuff. I don't think you could. You have to be the biggest pessimist to be like, well, this game could be the one. It's like no. Like at worst, we might get scored on. At worst, at this point, like it's I don't see any way with these hounds the way they are, their form they're in. Like they would have to completely not show up for this game to go south. Okay, let's do a score prediction. I will say, oh man, I, part of me feels like down the stretch here is like, you know. We we got a good shot of of you know maybe doing a another four nothing game here, Hartford again. Like I, I think it might be tough to duplicate five nothing, but against Philly too, like we could get another four nothing. So like is four nothing the Lily special down the stretch here? Maybe I'm gonna say four nothing. Josh, what do you what do you think? I'm still gonna say three zero. I I I don't know if you. I'm not saying you pump the brakes, but like if you're up by three against this team. I feel like you you start playing around with the lineup a little bit, maybe subbing in. Like this game, we subbed in, uh, you know, in the 64th minute. So I, I could see it going before that, like maybe a half and a half type of situation here, just to see what happens. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't fully expect it to be like a blowout, like a five zero again. Yeah, Kev. Yeah, same. I I think the the blowouts are impossible to predict. Um, yeah, every, I'd say 2 0. 2 0. Okay. You say possible predict, but I do believe, I can't remember who said on this podcast last week, but if we scored, that they would open up because they would need a goal and then we would score a lot more on them. I, th- I forget. I don't think it was me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds way too positive to be you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Obviously, another exciting we got we got multiple games to watch this week, guys. Like I said, Andy and Louie on Wednesday is gonna be a fun one to watch. Don't watch the other games in our group. Go watch that one. And then uh Hounds this weekend at 6 30 on Saturday. 6 30. Come on. Anyway, um, one other piece of news here, real quick, and it's not really that significant to us. At least we don't think it will. But the USL is set to announce a new addition to the league on Tuesday at noon. So depending on when you listen, that's either tomorrow or today. Um, if so happy Tuesday. Otherwise, uh, I think it's 
you know, our, our, our buddy Nipun from uh, sock takes broke the news last week that the Oakland roots are set to join the team. So if that is the team, it's really not going to have any impact on us. That's going to be another West coast team, which good for them. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, a cool organization, their crest is pretty sweet. It sounds like there might be some controversy surrounding the team joining whatever, but I mean, that's pretty much par for the course anymore. It feels like. So, um, if you're interested, go check them out. Cool stuff. Uh, but yeah, otherwise if it's not them, then we could see some, you know, cool news that maybe will affect the hounds tomorrow or to, or today at noon. So check that out guys. Anything else for this one? I still, I still feel like really happy. Like I'm still in a really good mood from Saturday. I replays. I think the replay for this game. I, I, I've probably watched them at least 10, 15 times at this point. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Nothing else. All right. Well, that's all we got for this one. If you're looking for more from us, make sure that you head over to mongols.com. Cl- click on the support the show and you can uh, get access to all of our after shows, which we talk about a variety of topics. And we're going to talk about one after this one as well. And it's it's guaranteed to be fun, not always relevant, but at least fun. So make sure you go check that out. Mongols.com. Click on support the show. It's $1, $1 a month. Um, Otherwise, this is your weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. Go get the Steel Army shirt. Love Pittsburgh, hate racism, Black Lives Matter over at SteelArmy.com. Wear your damn mask. We have the Mongols masks. If you don't have one, it doesn't matter. Go wear one. That's the reason why the Hounds are able to play is because people are actually following the rules and wearing their masks. So don't ruin it now. (sighs) Speaking of great masks. Ours were made by Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. Josh, I fully appreciate it. I don't know if it was on Twitter or where you shared it, but at the game this weekend, you had on your your uh, ha- your Mongols jersey with the Mongols mask. The two looked really good together. So uh, good, yeah, good shout there. Plan it. I totally told my like, oh, I'm just going to grab a jersey because I don't usually wear jerseys to games. I usually wear T-shirts, but I was like, you know, only game of the season, get a jersey. And I just happened to grab the Mongols one. I was like, should I wear a Hounds one instead? <laughs> I like this. It's cool. So I wear that. Nice. Nice, nice. If you're looking for more great USL news, head over to the new BGN.fm where we've got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Check them out at BGN.fm. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.